ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Russia is entering what some analysts call a new phase of political warfare against the West. A new report by the Royal United Services Institute has revealed efforts to rebuild Russia's special services. From a rebranded Wagner Group offering regime survival packages to leaders in Africa to the pursuit of destabilising European governments hostile to Moscow. We're joined now by the BBC's Joe Inwood, who has been following the story closely. Joe, welcome to the program. Good to be with you. The report outlines Russia's unconventional military activities outside Ukraine. What sort of activities do they talk about? So that phrase you used, the regime survival package, it was there in black and white in an internal Russian government document that I saw. And basically what they're looking at is going to governments in Africa, specifically West Africa, although some in Central, and saying to them to regimes that are often these kind of military juntas that have come to power and saying that what we can do is we can stabilise your government, we can offer you military support, we can offer you informational warfare capabilities, presidential guards, that sort of thing. And anything that a government that is frankly fragile in West Africa and holding on to power through military means might need. And they are using that in a way to not just displace Western interests. So specifically in West Africa, you're talking about the French, who've had a long-standing connection there, but also to extract natural resources and to also take control of strategically important resources. And all of these are, it's a strategy they have to both build influence, to build allies in the region, but also to undermine governments, which, as you say, they're hostile to. So how has the mercenary Wagner Group reformed since the death of Yevgeny Prigozhin? I'm not sure reformed is the word. It's more being subsumed. There was always, I think there's probably a misunderstanding, always was one that I probably had as well, that Wagner was in some ways an independent organisation before. But when you look at Wagner and its finances before the death of Prigozhin, it was entirely funded by the Kremlin. It was had an an element of arm's length operation and plausible deniability. But really, this was always a, a Moscow-directed operation. But what's happened since that, his attempted coup, his attempted sort of march on Moscow, I'm sure your listeners will remember, when he basically he got too big for his boots as Moscow saw it and died in a very suspicious plane crash. What they've done is they've basically said these operations, these uh, kind of large military and economic interests in Africa we're taking them in. Now, there was a meeting just after the coup in which it was de- attempted coup, I should say, in which it was decided that they were going to be taken into the Russian military intelligence operations, a man called Andrei Avryanov. Now, I don't know if people remember, I don't know how much news it made in Australia, but he was the man behind the Salisbury poisonings in the UK. There was an attempt in the UK to poison a former Russian spy. Um, and that was operated by that was conducted by this man, and he's now running the operations in Africa. So what you've got is a high-ranking Russian military in- intelligence official now taking over all of these operations and directing them explicitly in the way that the Kremlin would like. One of the services being offered that we've just referred to is this regime survival package, which you know, sounds like the stuff of fiction. Um, what, what, it really what, does. It really does. What's in it? Like, what is a survival package for a regime, you know, that's struggling? 
So I think the best example we've got is in the Central African Republic. So that's where somewhere where Wagner were operating for a long time. And what they would do is they'd basically come in. Uh, the government there was is suffering. I mean, I've been to the CAR a few times and it's a, a country that's riven with different rebel groups. And what they did is they came in and they offered very, very capable military forces. There's often this mischaracterization of Russian military operations as a bit cack-handed, and they have been in, in ways in Ukraine. But here, they are effective and they're brutal. And they were basically would come in and help fight the battles that the government needed fighting. But more than that, they offer things like informational warfare. They have bot farms, so huge operations where people, if you want a certain narrative put out on social media, you can employ the Russians or re Russian bot farms to do that. So your narrative, your agenda gets across. They offer, in the CAR, they offer the presidential guard is provided by the Russians. So when you see videos of the president walking around, there's often a, a gentleman or a few gentlemen walking behind him who do not look like they're from the Central African Republic. Now, those always were, and now still are, Russian mercenaries providing that sort of protection. So it's a whole a whole sort of suite of things. As you say, it's an odd way to talk about it, but it is what they do. A whole suite of uh, operations that allow a government that's in a precarious position to stay in power. Russia is also seeking to rebuild its espionage networks in Europe, reportedly by recruiting from organised crime and among foreign students in Russia. How is Russia trying to influence Europe? So there's a few ways in which they've tried to do this. I mean, the, the honest truth is when, in, when it comes to these things, they're often quite secretive, almost by design. But the one that was really interesting is in Moldova. So this was a, some way, partway through last year. There were reportedly a couple of attempts at coups within Moldova. And that's a small, I don't know, this is a kind of niche European geography here, but Moldova is a small country that is just next to Ukraine and so it's to the to the west, sorry, to the east of the Balkans and the west of Ukraine. And it's a thin strip of land. It's been quite, um, quite unstable for a while because of Russian um, a breakaway region. And what they tried to do is to uh, firstly employ local politicians to destabilize the country. There were there were reports. Now again, with these things, you never quite know the truth of them. But there were reports that they were trying to get football um, supporters, football hooligans from Serbia to come in using them as a cover to get Russian operatives in. That was one of the stories. Uh, there's a whole host of these tales you hear of them trying to you know, have these deep cover agents throughout Europe. A lot of them have been expelled. But again, we don't know how many still exist. So there's a whole range of things that we understand they do in Europe uh, with, as you say, an attempt to destabilise governments. Fascinating. Thank you, Joe. Always a pleasure. Joe Inwood is the BBC Newsnight's international correspondent who has reported from Ukraine and across Africa, and you're listening to ABC RM Breakfast. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.